This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review a 90s action classic and the second movie ever made by Marvel, 1998's Blade. Geek boner. Plus, Warner Brothers finds their guys to run DC Films. Marvel Studios gives us a look at the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. The Vision will return in a new Disney Plus series. Wonder Man is cast and Black Panther Wakanda Forever premieres with promising early reactions. All that and more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, October 31st, 2022. This is Jason Hawes, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. I've seen a lot of things in my life, but nothing freaks me out like antique porcelain dolls. No, even worse, puppets. Puppets come into life. But that's impossible, right? Right, guys? My spider shits are tingling. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Crabs out there. Let's give it up. What's up, listener? How's it going? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. And joining us, he's not a daywalker, but he is a day drinker. It's Deacon Rugs. What's up, Rug Boy? Give me some bourbon now. It's Beetlejuice Rugs. No, that sounds like Beetlejuice. Uh, hey, right here, give me a zag nut. <laughs> it is Halloween rugs. You don't even have to dress up. What did you dress up for Halloween this year? Just a puppet. You are a puppet. You can be yourself. It's great. Oh, I, yeah. I don't have to dress up. Sometimes I put on like a hat or something. <laughs> like I was wearing like a, a Robin Hood, like the one with the leaf with, with the feather, like on the end. You know, the little green hat with the feather on it. It's easy for me. I just step outside my house and people start running, screaming away from me. And well, you know, see the so, building that I live in. Yeah. So you live in a building or do you live in a house? Imran? I live in a home, a housey. Oh. See, I live in a building with multiple floors and there's fucking people running up and down the stairs all the time. And there's trick or treaters and they're annoying. Anthony, what'd you go trick or treating as this year? Oh man, I haven't gone trick or treating in a very long time, so it's free no candy. trick or treating for me. No, I, but isn't Halloween supposed to be the uh, time when women get dressed up all like sexy and stuff? Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely treating myself, but not with any, <laughs> not with those kind of tricks. <laughs> Will we see slutty Jeffrey Dahmer Halloween costumes? That's what I predict. Oh yeah, uh, I mean you would have already seen it. The, yeah, the, the the adults were celebrating Halloween this past weekend. Yes, but today, Monday, we're recording. It is Halloween right now. Still happening. It's going to be a very spooky show. Will it? Probably not. Spooky. We'll see. We'll see. Let's get into some news before we get to the spooky fellas. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. A big, crazy, big week for Warner Brothers Discovery and DC Films on the heels of releasing Black Adam. In theaters, uh, in the second week, it's performing well. Oh, stayed number one. Oh. It's, it's broken a hundred million domestically, and I think it's like, like wow. two fifty international. So, I think they're happy. It's performing well. Did it drop a lot? Only about forty nine percent. Oh, that's not good. I mean, that's not bad. Usually, like if it's plus sixty, that's really bad. Yeah, sixty to seventy is normal. So it was less than that, which is amazing. Oh, 
That's pretty good. Yeah. But That's then good. early this week, huge announcement. They have found their leaders from the Hollywood Reporter. Quote, in a stunning turn of events, filmmaker James Gunn and producer Peter Safran have been tapped to lead DC's film, TV, and animation efforts as co-chairs and co-CEOs of DC Studios, a newly formed division at Warner Brothers, that will replace DC Films. The unprecedented move in which a top director will assume a top executive post marks the end of months-long search by Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav to replace DC Films boss Walter Hamada, who left last week. He's done. More details. Gunn will focus on the creative side of things, while Safran will focus on the business and production side. Both of them will continue to direct and produce projects. They report directly to Zaslav, and they're going to work closely with Warner's film bosses DeLuca and Pamela Abdi. Sources say the deal runs for four years. Oh, shit. Gun will be exclusive to DC. Hmm. Holy shit. Comment reaction to this. You can't do a lot in four years, can you? It took The Rock 60 years to make this movie. <laughs> That's a good point. What are you going to do in four? Uh, unless they green light everything that he does, he might buy himself another four years or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know how that's going to work out. But look, it's cool. James Gunn is going to be doing this. I don't know why they had to announce that he had like another person involved because well, I like that. That's great. I become like, it just seems weird that like they have to have two people to do the thing that yes. one guy does at Marvel. Well, yes, but we talked about how you didn't want like a director to be this job because this combined director with a producer makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's it. I thought it was a little bit odd too that they had two guys, but I can see if it plays out the way it's on paper with one guy being creative and the other guy doing what more of the you said the business. Yeah, the business side of things. Yeah, I guess I could see it. I, I we you know this name. I don't know if we said this name, but I almost feel like this shouldn't be all that surprising given the fact. Yeah. How involved he was in Suicide Squad and. No, we talked um, about this. We. James Gunn came up early on, early, yeah, early then, on. Yep, yep. And yeah, so we, so then we kind of already knew that this was a possibility. Um, we weren't, we weren't like uh, gung ho about it. We just thought it was a possibility because yeah. the only person that was doing stuff that was successful at DC was James Gunn. So, yeah, I, I think his, I worry about his sensibilities over an entire universe, and I said that before, but I do think he's got to be smart enough to know that. Although I'm great at broken characters and dark humor and weird shit, like that doesn't apply to Superman or Batman. Like if if you bring that over, it doesn't it doesn't really make a ton of sense. So hopefully he's probably smart enough to realize that. So I've I think this might be a pretty pretty solid hire for them. It looks like DC is also really empowering him in in the studio because they're doing now DC Studios. They changed the name. Yeah, actually DCEU was a made up name. Apparently it was. Like it wasn't name. official. Yeah, but I guess now. It's its own studio branch. It's not just like before it was underneath Warner Brothers and now it's its own. It's its studio. own vertical, right? Yeah. So, and they're like you said, they're reporting directly to Zaslav. So they're doing the whole Fahey setup where Marvel Studios became its own thing under Disney. It wasn't just a, a brand underneath a brand. It's now its own brand, its own studio. And they did the same. Now they're doing the same thing with DC. So. I think it could be all right. I think I think it's a great pick, and like, yeah, the concern is valid. Like, you want Batman to be all like James Gunn goofy. Here's the thing: some not everything is under his purview. The Joker and the Batman kind of movies and universes 
um, uh, do not fall under this. They're going to be kept separate oh, uh, under uh, the other guys, uh, Abdi and uh, that other uh, Warner Brothers head. So hmm. expect more like Shazam, Aquaman, you know, Suicide Squad. Peter Safran produced Aquaman and the sequel. Uh, they work well together. I think, you know, the only people mad about this are probably hardcore Zack Snyder fans who are hoping that he might get the job again, but that's not happening. Yeah, I think this is a good pick. I, I out of all the names there were, this is a big name, and inadvertently, well, not inadvertently, they they also take him away from Marvel. So that's the crazy there. part. Yes, he's done after Guardians three and this holiday special. James Gunn is done at Marvel for the next four years, and I think it's going to take a few years to actually see the change come into effect. But I think it's a it's a it's a good step. All, all because remember this, all because Disney fired James Gunn right? over some. Tweets from in de- in bad taste ten years ago. Dude, this guy's career and he gets a crazy. taste of DC. Yeah, and now he has DC, and they they give him the job. What a journey for the James Gunn in the past couple of years. What a crazy career. Yeah, hired here, fired, hired over here. Does DC movies? Rehired back at Marvel. He's doing another Guardians movie now. He's gonna take over. That's fucking. That's crazy. Uh, but I wish him all the luck. Apparently, Warner Brothers also offered Feige. A chance offered him this job. He, I'm sure he just laughed in their face. Uh, but th- this is like a big swing. Like that's like desperate. Like they just need. Oh, if I was fighting, I would have hopped to DC immediately. You think Mar- so? Marvel's done. Yeah. Why? Because all the best stuff at Marvel's been done. Oh, that's true. He's already uh, covered well, everything. Hasn't I've, he? I heard somewhere. I don't forget who said it online. Someone said it might have been Campia, but he was like, the reason why I don't think he would have done DC is he. It, it's basically redoing the same thing with Marvel. Yeah. He thinks Fahey's next move is to run an entire studio. Oh, himself. So, Woo. Like a, like where he's making spy movies and cowboy ah, movies and dramas. Okay. And like he's the, he thinks, or it was either Campier or it might have been someone else. He thinks when the Zaslav WB thing goes away in four years and potentially they're looking for, like he'll run WB. Hmm. Holy shit. He'll get to play with all different kinds of properties rather than just one. Because he's, he's like, that's probably the next logical step for the guy rather than right. doing another sub. Doing this again. Know, doing the same thing yeah. in yeah. a sub-universe. Well, that's the thing. It's like all of the main headline characters from Marvel has already been established. And so the only thing, like everything else in the Marvel's, uh, you know, ownership is all like these sub-characters. Right. What's third left? Stringers, you know. Yeah. Other than X Men, which has already been done as well, um, so if you went to DC and rebranded all of the their Top Gun characters, their A list, he could totally put his mark on that. Listener, let us know what you think about James Gunn and Peter Safran. Is this a good move? I love this move. I think it's going to be an exciting time for DC. But you can join the conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. There's a link in the show notes. Closed exclusive group just for you. Now, it's, again, big, lot of big, crazy things. Good time for DC. Black Adam, Henry Cavill, back as Superman. And then this one crazy piece of news comes out. Uh, Henry Cavill off the Witcher rugs, and they recast Geralt of Rivia with Liam Hemsworth. Oh, shit. That's, is, that a, is that a downgrade? Is that a oh, lateral definitely, move? Definitely a downgrade. Yeah. This is crazy. I mean, Cavill is in the Mission Impossible movies. There's rumors that he's been talking to Marvel to play somebody. Also, I don't know if that's going to happen. Is this because of Superman? 
Rugs, I know you love the the Witcher. What are your thoughts on this? Is the show going to get bad now? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so Henry Cavill brought a lot to the role, and I feel like he defined Gerald Rivia in a lot of ways. And uh, I'm going to miss him on that show. But I, it's okay, because that show was probably destined for maybe like another season or two anyway. Like, I can't believe... like. Liam Hemsworth's going to come in, but that's going to be the last season of it anyway. Like, I don't think it, even if Henry Cavill was in it, and it wouldn't go past that because he doesn't want to be playing this character forever. Like, he's right, right. He's already done it for like how many years? So he's probably done with it anyway. I mean, I hope for fans of the show, the quality remains. I only watched the first season and I was like, I'm good. I'm fine. I get it. I don't need to see oh, it anymore. I think, I think it's a cool show. So, yeah, uh, Cavill is not the definitely- greatest, but. He's charismatic, um, and then you get the other Hemsworth, not even the good Hemsworth. So that was interesting. Imagine with- you're that guy. You're, <laughs> you're, the, the, you're only famous for for hooking up with Miley Cyrus. That's your only claim to fame. He was in a couple movies, though, wasn't he? Yeah, He's but which done. one? I don't know. I don't remember. Right. Uh, okay, so follow that up with uh, there's, there's more James Gunn news. He's had a crazy week as well. Uh, Marvel releases the trailer for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I thought that looked weird. That's coming out around <laughs> Thanksgiving. Uh, Rugs thought it looked weird. Anthony, what do you think of this uh, Halloween uh, special episode? We get to spend Halloween with the Guardians this year. Last year, we spent Halloween with Hawkeye. That was kind of fun. I like Halloween specials. I mean, well, Christmas. This one's more Sorry. of a... This one's going to be more similar in terms of length to Werewolf by Night than a Hawkeye. Yeah, it's probably about an hour. Right. Um, I had no anticipation for this whatsoever, and I really like Guardians. I saw it, and I thought this was kind of cute. I, I didn't expect it to be... I probably could have predicted it, but I just didn't see it coming that they would have Kevin Bacon. That's great. And they're just chasing Kevin Bacon because they just don't understand that he's not a toy. <laughs> um, and and the, that's a callback to him, the Footloose stuff, right? From Chris Pratt. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. And there's yeah. like six degrees that's of Kevin his favorite Bacon. Movie. That's right. Yeah. That's why. So, yeah, because yeah. uh, Chris uh, Peter Quill's sad. He's missing Christmas, so it looks like Gamora or uh, Drax and Mantis go down to Earth to kidnap Kevin Bacon as a Christmas present. Solid idea. Yeah. So I, I think if we're they're they're probably playing off the Star Wars Christmas specials, which were what just fun stuff. I don't really know what no, those there was were. like one, and it was really bad, and it was in the. So that's like, what yeah. I think. That's the. F- I don't know if he's going for bad, but I yeah. think he's just going for a not serious, very not serious thing. That's like cute. So if in that vein, yeah, it sure. looks fun. Rugs, anything else besides it looks weird. Why does it look weird? It looks like a TV show, which is it is. But yeah, well, it's hour long TV. Special. Feel, yeah, it feels like <laughs> just odd to see that in a TV setting like where, where it feels like TV. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like it doesn't know, have I, it doesn't have a cinematic quality to it, and it's kind of odd seeing those characters in on Earth. Right that that was that's weird. I felt like I was watching the Hallmark Channel or something. Well, I think that's what they're going for, though. Here, right? They're clearly going yeah, for. It like, might be intentional. A Hallmark Christmas special type of feel, like, uh, and it's cute. It looks cute. Okay, I just think that uh, effects and makeup look weird in that. Setting. There is a part where he like taps Groot on the arm and looks like a big costume, but maybe it is a guy in a costume. I don't know. It looked kind of just low budgety a little bit for a second. Yeah, you know. I don't know why they want to do that, but okay. 
Why not? It's a fun little thing we get to spend the Christmas. I'm with sure the Guardians. it'll be uh, it'll be a great time. I just thought it was. Low. I'm just pointing out it looked odd. Yeah. Well. And then we got news about another Disney Plus series that is in the works. Uh, it's called Vision Quest. The White Vision is coming back. Paul Bettany oh, shit. expected to reprise his role on the show titled Vision Quest, which will focus on the White Vision trying to regain his memory and humanity. And uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen expected to appear as Wanda Maximoff, not confirmed. But it's a second spinoff of WandaVision after the Agatha House of Harkness. Uh, what do we think about this? And why is it always going to be White Vision? What about the other Vision? About black Vision? <laughs> yeah, what about Black Vision? Come on. <laughs> Everybody wants White Vision, Imran. Mm. Right? No one cares about Green Vision. I'm curious <laughs> as to where he fucked off to in that show and what he's doing. And can he become Vision again? I mean, it it is a... I wouldn't say I was in super excited about this, but then I did like WandaVision, and it is a loose plot thread that they didn't solve right. at the end of WandaVision. So, sure. At least, I mean, I'd rather watch this than Agatha. Yes, 100%. Yeah, but Wanda could be in Agatha, too, which I think would make that show cool. She should be in mm. I mean, she did she die? And she didn't die, but the, the, the temple fell on top of her, Mount Wendigore. The mountain fell on top of her, and... Doctor Strange, so mm. she's not dead. No, 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 she'll be back. She ain't dead. No, she's definitely not. Marvel dead. has also Marvel Studios also apparently has found their Wonder Man. Remember, they're making this a TV show too with D- Dustin Daniel Cretton, uh, show running. Uh, apparently, Yaya Abdul Mateen II from uh, Black Manta from Aquaman has in talks to star as Wonder Man Simon Williams. Uh, who is a Hollywood actor in the comics. Interesting. Big part of the West Coast Avengers and such. What do we think about this casting? I think it's a done deal. It was in the Hollywood Report. I'm, I'm giving a standing ovation right, right here in my seat. Are you? No. Um, it's fine. I think it's fine. The casting is fine. He's a great actor. I mean, the fact that we're getting a Wonder Man show is surprising to me anyway. So whoever they cast, yeah. as long as they're a good actor... And uh, this man is. I think that that's a good thing. So, yeah, I agree. I, I liked. I like the casting. I think he's a really good actor. I like him a lot. In uh, fuck that movie we reviewed last year, two years ago, oh, the trial. Yeah, uh, trial of Chicago Seven. Was it? He was. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked him a yeah. lot in there. He's a great actor. He, he's kind of cut up part in Aquaman, but I do like the actor. Wasn't so. he in Watchmen? He wasn't he the fucking. He was in. Yeah, he oh, was yeah. Uh, Doctor Manhattan on, on the TV yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, he, yeah, was he was in Matrix Resurrections. He was uh, what's his face? Uh, the new oh uh, yeah, what's yeah, his yeah, name? I I, Fuck, why can't I remember? Morpheus. Morbius. Mor- yeah, Morpheus. Mor- 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 Morpheus. 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 Yeah, so I like him. I like him. I think it's a it's a good pick. And Wonder Man doesn't have a ton of. I mean, unless you got to be a super comic book nerd to know who Wonder Man is, so they can they're gonna probably do what they want with it. If you want to do like a Hollywood thing, I can see like Ben Kingsley's Trevor Slattery in this. I could see She-Hulk show up if it's a West Coast base. It's kind of weird because Wonder Man and Doctor Manhattan are very similar. Are they? They have oh, the same yeah. set of powers. Same well, they they're, they're pure energy. Oh, that's movie. right. Yeah. I mean, Doctor Manhattan is cooler because he goes. He exists in all kinds of versions of time and shit. So, but I don't know if Wonder Man does that. I don't remember a story with that, but. Wonder Man is pretty cool. They, they could make it a, a Doctor Manhattan if they wanted to. 
I love his bread. It's very white, fluffy. <laughs> Wonder bread. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Wonder Woman, Wonder Man, and Wonder Bread. There's gotcha. your Wonder Family right there. What about Wonder gotcha. Boy? Is there a Wonder Boy? There's no Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy. There should be. Uh, listener, you could be Wonder Boy by visiting our Tee Public shop and buying yourself a Jock and Nerd T-shirt and just call yourself Wonder Boy. Visit jockandnerd.com slash shop. You will find hoodies, T-shirts, coffee mugs, cell phone cases, lots of stuff, lots of different designs. All to own for yourself and be the hipster in your group of friends with stuff nobody knows what the hell it is. It's the best thing to do. Uh, last thing in the news, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, premiered earlier this week. I think uh, earlier last week. It premiered last week. So the, uh, uh, the reactions are out, and man, I can't wait. I'm so geeked for yeah, this I'm movie pumped. now. Holy shit. Oh, wait. He's, he said it. I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. Geek boner. Everybody's saying it's an amazing tribute to Chadwick Boseman. It's very emotional. Maybe it's a little long, but still, it's a ride. Uh, and there's one mid credit scene, nothing at the end, which I think is nice. It's appropriate for the tone of this movie, right? They don't want to undercut it with a tag by like, oh, here, we're setting this up. But I hear the mid credit scene is pretty emotional, too. What What have you heard? Have you, I'm trying not to. There's so many clips out there now. I've seen a couple. Oh, you have? What uh, What are you thinking now? Anything? I'm trying to stay away from these clips, but have the, have the clips got you more pumped? Yeah, they do. Well, it's mostly the reviews, and the reason why the not the reviews, but the reactions, because I don't. I think there's a review embargo as of this moment. Oh yeah, until it but comes the reactions. Out. Yeah. What I really like about it is the common theme of it being emotional. Yeah, it being um, from whatever from a couple people I've listened to, kind of a return to form for Marvel. Ooh, in terms of it not being there's there's comedy, but it not being focused on the comedy. Right, and. Everything I've read has been sort of along the lines of this is the Marvel we've we liked. Best of and, phase four. Yeah, well, not even that. Just oh. this is what these are the movie Marvel movies that got us to this point, and it's a return to that. Like we're we're they're honoring Chadwick Boseman, but they're also introducing new characters, and it seems to be a, a pretty. Even though there's a big scope, I've saw that. Big scope, but actually very personal story, which I, which I like. And then they said the mid credit scene is pretty damn good as well. I think well, it's so. going to be a moneymaker. I think Ryan Coogler has knocked another one out of the park. Uh, Bruggs, are you excited for the new characters? Like, we're going to get Riri Williams, Ironheart. We're going to get Namor. Well, I never wanted to see any a lot of these characters besides Namor. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Because they like all these kind of newer characters are... They're not like people that I grew up reading or anything like that. Namor is somebody that is from my childhood. That's from all the comics that I used to read. And I want to see him realized on the big screen, how they handle him. So I'm excited for that. Uh, I know that they're going to hand off the baton. We already know who gets it. So that mystery is over. It's just um, the formality of, I want to see how they resolve this. That's what's important to me. How, how do they resolve this problem that occurred with uh, Chadwick Boseman's early passing? So that fascinates me. So in that way, yes, I am curious to see this movie. Yeah, this is going to be great. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, it's we're only what two couple weeks out, eleven days out, November eleventh. Uh, yeah. So yeah, November eleventh. Get your tickets. I'm sure everything is sold out. Okay. 
Let's take a break here. We we'll play some promos. When we come back, we're going to talk about some vampires, some daywalkers, and the movie that possibly saved the comic book movie genre moving forward in the late 90s, right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Big on America. Your organization's terrible. Hey, guys. This is Jason Dutch with Dig on America Podcast, and I'm here with... Big Hops. Do you have and to say your name so weird? How <laughs> you want me to say? <laughs> and I'm also here with Mikey Famine, the extruser. Pro- excuser. Do it over. No, it's staying. No, it's staying the way it is because this is the way the show is. Big <laughs> on America here, we explore how American history, policies, and sometimes even our pop culture created the social and political issues facing Americans today. Uh, a little bit about us. I'm your resident brother of the league. <laughs> I love America so much that I demand she be better through constant criticism and protest. Thank you. And uh, in your Obama voice, Mikey. I don't um, like Obama. Of course you don't. You also don't like bathing and healthy meals. What Dig on America is, is it's a healthy criticism of a country. We America's already perfect. You should do. We're perfect just like my hands. Well, I mean, a lot of people might say that, but those people probably haven't gone to school or brushed their teeth today. So um, we're going to ignore them. But yeah, check out our show. It's unbeholden to any um, corporate overlords, except for Jay-Z, the Bilderberg yeah. Foundation. George Soros sponsored. George Soros. The Clinton yeah. Foundation. Absolutely. And uh, let's not forget Emotep. <laughs> you can check out our website, digonamerica.com. You can check out all of our audio. We're on every single fucking audio podcast app there is out there. Pandora, Spotify, etc. Subscribe on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DOA podcast hopefully you'll listen to the show guys i won't go fuck yourself big on america listener if you enjoy the show you can give back to all the entertainment value we have delivered week after week by joining our fan club visit jockandnerd.com slash patreon jockandnerd and you can support the show on a monthly or annual basis. Some of the benefits may go to my dental bill, but we'll decide that later. <laughs> but everybody <laughs> gets something like access to an exclusive podcast feed where the shows come out early. There's bonus content. We do monthly discord hangouts. We just had one last week. It was lots of fun. Yeah. Everybody I, even joined. I know. Even, even Anthony, Anthony was, was the Even Anthony came. What'd you think, Anthony? Did you have a good time? Can you sell this a little bit to the listener? Well, I think it would. I think it would be. But first off, we got Joey Austin to join, yes, which I that was great. Think, shout out! I like to, him. to see a new face. Yeah, it was nice seeing him. I still, I haven't joined in what two or three months. I don't. I still don't know why you keep your shirt on, Imran. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, Listen, he's trying that, to. He's get, really pushing for this naked Imran. Thing. It gets I, people. I really want to see it. It gets people showing up. Maybe this is the time I will take my shirt off. Well, I don't know. You got to pay <laughs> and show up to find out. Listen, if you participate. In the Patreon, and you're not at these discords, you're missing out because we have some great conversations. We're laughing it up. It's it's funny and shit that we probably wouldn't put on the show anyway because it's just all over the place. But you got to come and see this shit. You got to be there to fucking be part of it. So you get special guests like Matt Delhauer and uh, Dope Hope uh, stopping by. Speaking of which, Delhauer has released a new episode of his podcast, The Ginger Geek Podcast. It's a Halloween episode. Yeah, Delhauer's back. That's right. Anyways, all that and more 
at our Go Patreon. Check it out. Go check it out. Jockinair.com slash Patreon. Okay, let's get to this week's review. We have picked a movie, and there's a couple of reasons we picked this movie. Yeah. It is one of the movies in our 90s action movie tournament that is coming up. Right. If you have signed up to the Patreon, you've heard us pick the 32 movies. If you are a member of our Facebook group, you have had a chance to leave your selections for what you think will be in the final four for a chance at a prize. If you are on a Patreon, this movie is also in the works to be remade by Marvel Studios. And it's been the first movie that's kind of been a shit show over there for Marvel, which is alarming. And it's Halloween. So boom, thought it was appropriate. The movie I'm talking about, of course, is Blade from 1998. Here are your spoiler alerts. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This movie can't be watched on Hulu. Everyone can watch and play along right now. It's available on Hulu. Of course, based on the Marvel Comics character created by Marv Wolfman, the Wolfman, and Gene Colan. First appearance in the Tomb of Dracula in 1973. And uh, interesting to note, originally, this character is not a daywalker that we meet in this movie. Wait, which which version is what in the comics? So the original version of, day of, of Blade in the comics was he did mm-hmm. not start as a daywalker. He he he, uh, he wasn't born a daywalker. No, oh. no, he didn't actually have speed or strength. He just had skill and wits and was trained. But then Morbius bites him in oh. 1999, and he makes him a daywalker moving forward. That's how that played out. Interesting in the oh. comics. Yeah, right. I thought that was interesting. I didn't know that either. I didn't know that. Yeah. This movie, 1998. This is Marvel's second movie ever attempted. After uh, Howard the Duck in 1986 becoming a commercial and critical disaster, this is their second movie. Is this MCU canon? No, but it should be. What about The Punisher? The Punisher, I think, was... I don't think it, re- it never released in movie theaters. Oh, yes. Probably not. I think it was a straight, oh, straight to it video. Straight to video. Oh, oh wow. Count. Yeah, in the list of Marvel movies, it goes Howard the Duck 1986, Blade... 1998 on Rotten Tomatoes. The movie is sitting at 57 percent, 5.9 out of 10 uh, tomato meter. The audience, 78 uh, percent is what the audience thinks. This movie was made for forty five million dollars and goes on to make one hundred thirty one million dollars worldwide. R rated. Not bad return. The movie directed by Stephen Norrington and written by David S. Goyer. Now, Stephen Norrington made Blade. And then he makes uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is a and big, then he quits filming. Yes, a big flop, and then he never made a movie again. He did not direct a movie after that. That was it. He was done. That's, that's that sucks because he he was kind of cool. Like, yeah, like what he did. Yeah, written by David S. Goyer, of course, starring Wesley Snipes as Blade. You have Stephen Dorff as the bad guy, Deacon Frost, Chris Christopherson as Whistler, and Bushy Wright as Karen Jensen, Doctor Karen Jensen. A young Donal Logue as Quinn, a dude named Udo Kier as Dragonetti, uh, and then a couple of other fun uh, cameos as like Son Alathan as Vanessa and Tracy Lords in the very beginning. Uh, famous nineteen early eighties porn star. Yeah. Uh, what? Yes. Tra- Did that name again? Tra- Tracy Lords. <laughs> you remember Tracy Lords? You don't know Tracy Lords? Look her up. Oh, you, didn't, you never. You didn't hear about this. She's got no. quite a story. Okay, yeah, basically, in a nutshell, uh, she was a, I guess, well-known actress 
in that industry for a long time, but it came out that she was underage the whole time she was she making was movies. She was lying about her age. So yes. all of those movies are her like in being 16 years old. So they, they took them completely off the shelves. You can't buy them because they're considered kitty porn. So hmm. that was the big, uh, the big, uh, what do you call it? The big uh, scandal. Yeah. yeah, the big scandal. What, there. what part is she in Blade? She's in the be- very beginning. She's the girl that brings the guy to the rave in the car. Oh, in the oh, opening oh. scene. She gotcha. does actually go on to have kind of a, a decent acting uh, career after shaking off all that, surprisingly. Anyways, Anthony, before... first, And another reason we're watching this, Anthony, you've never seen this movie before, right? No. Have, oh, they have, shit. They have, me, they, uh, have not seen it. Wow. You're seeing Blade, 98's Blade for the first time. This is great. But, Anthony, for context, fill us in if you can remember, what was the state of superhero movies uh, in the late 90s? Oh, bad! Really bad. Yes, I mean, it was. You, you had uh, you were coming off really bad Batman films. Marvel was in shambles and just selling off their properties to other studios for them to license and make money off of. So yeah, superhero genre was not good in uh, 1998. No, that's for yeah. sure. It was a joke, and it was you know almost done, and everybody was clamoring for will. When will someone take something seriously from the comics and uh, make it work? And then Blade yeah. comes out. Then Blade comes out in 98. So watching it now is going to be interesting. But Anthony, first, give us the plot of this movie. What happens in Blade? First off, very odd watching this movie for the first time now, given how the state of superheroes now in comparison to then. Yeah. And I mean, that, that movie, ninety, the Blade almost... It doesn't even feel like a superhero movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... just Given the fact of what we what, how we experience them now, so uh, the plot of Blade is there's this underground society that's been full of vampires and they're kind of controlling things behind the scenes. They've bought out the police. They're doing all sorts of shit and they're just, I guess, bad people because they obviously are eating people. And Blade, who we find out later, has some sort of ties to the vampires. His he was basically born out of his mom getting bitten by a vampire and he's made it his life's goal along with this old guy with white hair to just hunt vampires all the time and the whole plot revolves around him hunting the vampires and a doctor gets caught up in the middle of it and she's on his side and now he's hunting vampires with her and while he's hunting vampires he ex- he basically comes across a vampire by played by Steven Dorff who's looking to take over the world with vampires so just a lot of vampires. <laughs> There's vamps everywhere. Uh, yeah, dude, this movie, I remember when it came out, it was it was kind of surprising uh, at the time and a lot of fun. What did you think now? I, I want to know, in the, yeah, like you said, what you think about this movie in the context of superhero movies now, because back then it was just uh, uh, amazing, right, mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it was... I wouldn't say surreal, but it's just weird seeing this movie and it, that blade leans so heavily into the horror, the nineties action, the nineties in general with the techno music and it, and it's more or less just a vehicle for Wesley Snipes. It really doesn't have any, I mean, there's, you know, there's fight scenes and there's one liners, but it's not like a, big spectacle at all it's it's much more 
grounded. There's also just horribly dated CGI, which yeah. is, I don't know if that's, it's kind of charming, but it also goes, oh my God, were they, why were they relying so much on CGI? Yeah. It was not ready. So, I mean, I felt like the movie, it, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's unique. That's for sure. I, it wasn't my, it's not my most favorite thing I've ever seen. I honestly wanted to like it more. I think there's a lot of issues with the movie, but I think Wesley Snipes is is really fun in the role. There's some really good action choreography. The opening scene with the blood and the rain, the blood corp coming out of the sprinklers and him showing up is is a great intro entrance for that character. The movie is a little slow in the middle. Steven Dorff is kind of a shit bad guy, but overall, it's it's a it's a fun entry and it's it's crazy to think that this was basically the start of the modern superhero genre it kind of was it was the thing that saved it rugs what do you remember from back in the day Rewatching this movie was a blast for me i still oh, I, i've love seen this movie, this movie many times yeah. um and the biggest thing that i came away with it is number one wesley snipes black superhero badass not your typical like fucking pansy ass superhero like this is like a badass dude He'll fuck you up. People are afraid of him. Like Batman. Dude, motherfucker shows up and the vampire's like, oh, shit. Like that whole beginning scene of the movie. It's it's like you're supposed to be scared of the vampires. But then when Blade shows up, you're like, oh, this dude. And not only that, but like um, he was serious, but he still had like a little bit of a a wink to the camera every once in a while. Think about this. This is a world before the Matrix. That's what's the craziest thing. It's like influenced it. This is the world, like, you think about it, the last movie that was made that was like this. What, like, can you remember, like, an American movie that was made that was like this? That was this. To me, it was polished. It was dark. Yeah. It was almost like you took Michael Keaton's Batman and you took away all of Tim Burton's, like, weird shit. Yeah. And you just made it gritty and bloody. And it was just like, okay, it, it felt like to me the same kind of thing. I felt like the Chrome came out before this too oh the crow came out yeah way before it crow yeah. was like 94 95 so I felt 94, this was an evolution yeah. so there was batman and then there was the crow and this was like the other evolution and the crow was a small movie too very small uh movie with that had action and and martial arts in it and gunfire and stuff so that, i thought this was the next evolution but this was like to me Way more of a world building, way more of like something that had legs. Yeah. Like the crow never had legs. This, I was like, okay, we can see, make way more uh, blade stories. And they did. The next movie, they get Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. It goes, it leans more into horror. And yeah, I thought it was a really stylish. I thought it was really cool to have like uh, this black superhero, uh, badass, like, you know, tentpole, like, uh, that had legs uh, and I was like really excited for it. And I was like, Oh, this dude's like, they didn't really go into a hero's journey or anything like that. You see in the Marvel movies now, but they definitely created a world and a style. And I think that the matrix kind of capitalized and was the next evolution on top of that. Yeah. You it- have trench coat and sunglasses here before the matrix and kind of like an early bullet time sequence. And and oh, yeah. I loved, like you said, it's super stylish. I love the way it's shot so contrasty that it almost looks black and white. 
and then the red blood really pops when they introduce the red uh, and snipes just fucking his charisma. He carries this whole movie. Like I said, he'll, he'll, he'll do little smiles when he has a kill. He'll just be like, yeah, <laughs> just out of nowhere. And it's charming. Even the fucking nineties video game CGI is charming. They also use some practical effects, which are also fun to watch. Vampire heads exploding. And yeah, they, they didn't do like the shaky cam or the cutaways. No. They let you see Wesley Snipes do his his version of, of karate. He's doing you know, all with, that. He looks great. Yeah, he, he, yeah, and he's like he's quick. He's he's dodging shit. He's fucking hitting people. He's doing his little stylish moves. That he's you know that Wesley Snipes like it would be cooler if I do it this way. So um, yeah, what do I spin like, first and then cut? Yeah, his head. like yeah, he just he put himself <laughs> into it. Yeah, um, it's just too bad that his head got so big by Blade Trinity. Oh. He became such an asshole to work with. Yeah, I heard he those ruined stories. the movie. Yeah, I heard. So, he, oh yeah, yeah. The, I, I I did a deep dive on that after this movie, and my god, like he I stayed in character it. the whole time by the third movie or something, and just he was, was refusing to do. See, there was one scene where he's on a like a table, and he he refused to open his eyes, even though he's supposed to open his eyes. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> no, Blade wouldn't do that. Yeah, so <laughs> he kind of ruined that. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that that Blade Trinity got ruined, but he was one of them. But uh, I was like so there for this movie. I love this movie when I when it first came out. I think it it doesn't hold up as well um, now. But I mean, what movie really does hold up as well as it did when it first came out? Like a lot of like even the Crow. Like the Crow was like to me was like such a moment. Like Batman was such a moment. Yeah. Like, but does that best Batman, even though I'll greet it, does it still like hold up every in every single way? No. So yeah. neither does this movie. This but, movie is still fun to watch, though. Like, I, I, I always have a good time with it. It's thrilling. I love the world building. Like I said, I love the whole vampire council. He keeps cutting that one dude's hand off. Yes. Quinn, don't look. <laughs> and he regrows and the fucking whole burnt scene was fucking great. But they have this hierarchy of vampires where the the purebloods look down on the turned vampires, and that's where the Deacon Frost conflict comes. I love the scene where he gets the serum for the first time, and he's in the chair, and he's all tied up. He does his little... Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's really going for it. Yeah. Yeah, He was really fucking trying to sell that so bad. And I was like, all right, you go, Snipes. You get that. He he was really... I mean, he was really given given a shit about this movie, which was nice to see. Yeah. He's, he brings a good physicality to the role. It's Wesley Snipes, so anyone that's grown up in the 90s knew who Wesley Snipes was. The one-liners, I mean, I, the oh, one at the end. The one just, at the end I, is I, great. Let, let me just read it out yes, loud. I mean, it, just, it, 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 doesn't, it really makes no fucking sense. I know. Um, what does he say here? I mean, just let me see. Before he kills Stephen Dorff, or right before he's yep, about to, he goes... Yep. Some motherfuckers are always trying to be trying to skate uphill. It's yes, like, that's the best line of the movie too. And- <laughs> Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Ice skate like, too. Like what were we talking? Why are you talking about uphill, ice skating? Yeah. What the fuck? I love that. Who's ice skating uphill. What is he talking about? <laughs> a- I guess he's saying you can do what you can't do. Like, well, yeah, do, Deacon Frost was trying to climb, you know, to the heights and leadership, and he Blade wasn't having it. The other line I love is like. Give Deacon Frost a message for me. Tell him it's open season on suckheads. That's great. <laughs> That's great. I love this. These are some of the moments I really love. Beginning of the thing, right? The, begin- the crowd yeah. parts. Yeah. They see Blade. They they rear back in horror. And he just takes his sword and just draws a circle. Yeah. Like any motherfucker that tries to cross this line He's is like, going right to get here. it. Right yeah. here. <laughs> it was so oh, badass. Yeah. What, what's great, too, is that there's a million of those vampires, and he walks in, and they're all like, they're all like, oh, we, I don't know if we should fuck with this guy. Yeah, like you, you, you get it right away. You get 
oh, Blade is a motherfucker. Like he's a he's a, he's a tough bastard. It's a great introduction. You get him right away, and like the in uh, the uh, what else did I like? I even like how the the female character, Doctor Karen Jensen, is a doctor. She's a hematologist. She she's acts, hot, and she's super hot. And she adds, she helps, she makes a serum. She has a little bit of agency. She's kind of badass. Yeah, she's yeah, she's like yeah, she's not bad. Yeah, she's, she's pretty good. hot. She's pretty cute. She's not bad. She is a good looking chick. I mean, yeah. the movie. What I liked about the movie is a lot of what. Rug said, you're making a lot of good points. The It feels like The Crow and The Matrix. Like It feels like the intermediary between mm-hmm. those two films, mm-hmm. which is crazy. It feels more 90s action, which is what we're talking about, than, than superhero. superhero flick. Yep, yep. But, it but, they, has didn't know, but they didn't know what stuff. a superhero movie was. They didn't no, know what it was all. yet. Like It's become such a cliche at this point what a superhero movie is now. And at, at, at here, they were trying to figure it out. Like, they made Superman, which was like this Richard Donner, like American, like, uh, you know, kind of like pastiche of like Americana and this and that. And then they went into like the weird land with Tim Burton and Batman. And now they're, they kind of like started to steer it into like, let's what happens if we make an action movie like an action movie, like a Carol Co action movie? Yeah. You know, like a RoboCop or like a weird, you know, what I mean, something like that. That's what we got. We got this kind of like movie. It's heroic, but it's still badass. It um doesn't have like a real crazy origin story. It's just like they show you his mom being pregnant and then dying. And um that's it. You, you, that's all the reason that you get all the motivation that you need is right there. Like he I guess he just he's like fucking hates vampires. And then he, and you're just like, "All right, well, I guess he wants to kill vampires because he's a badass." And the and like but, the fact that the idea that he's a daywalker, he's a half hybrid, he can go out, he has all the strength of the vampires, but then also this bonus thing. But this world building is great. Like it is. They, the tattoos and the places that they yes, go. There's glyphs for each like house of vampires that run things secretly. Like the the idea of a purebred vampire, like what was that? And I think they got that from like Nosferatu or something like yeah, that. They yeah. threw that in there. And um, that scene it, on the beach where they like they they wait there for sunlight and the guy burns up. That's what happens to me, too. And I'm in direct sunlight. It's very interesting. <laughs> I could relate to yeah, that guy. The sunscreen thing. I couldn't get behind that. That, that always bothered me. Even when I was <laughs> seeing what kind of fucking 1000 SPF sunscreen is this? But then you see them. They're wearing helmets. They're completely covered like they protected themselves from. No, there's one scene where he's in the park when he's yeah, in the bullet that, time. Where yeah, he's, and he's like sunscreen. Clever. Well, I mean, the movie does get a little wacky in some points in like wacky and charming ways, but also wacky in like kind of weird ways. I mean, they they go out of their way to explain like, oh, not all the vampire shit here works. Yeah. Like, we don't use crosses in holy water. Yeah. But then they go out of their way to explain that the bullets are made of lead and have garlic in them well silver the bullets have silver and then the garlic silver. water and then uv light I mean, the white the guy with the white hair injects garlic into her uh yes whistler injects Just, garlic yeah, to whist- fight the bite so it's, it, it's like uh <laughs> pure garlic why do they keep that stuff why do they keep the garlic so let's talk about whistler because they do a couple of interesting things they pull a lot from the comics whistler him him and whistler's relationship is a lot like batman and alfred and he reminds me a lot of batman Whistler created for the movie, I believe, not from the comics, but I did love Chris Christopherson in this role as Whistler as being his kind of, you know. It was like a bromance. There was like a bromance yeah. going on. 
Yeah, and he then does he? He does come back in the next movie, right? He's not dead, even though yeah, he's he's, a, he, he's not dead. He's not they go dead. out of their way to bring him back in the yeah, next one, yeah. Even though he's dead, he should be dead. So, but and then what about fucking Pearl, Vampire Pearl, the big oh the fat, fat one? White, oh my god, oh that's my amazing! God. It's so good. It's so strange. Yeah. It's so fucking weird, but good. Like that one, that part I really enjoyed. She's burning him alive with it's, the UV rays, and he's fried. it's such a weird thing that they did, but it makes the movie fucking way Pearl. more memorable. Yes, yes. It's little touches, it's like this obese vampire. Little touches like that. They're like, what the fuck is this? Pearl? It's, a hacker, it's a hacker vampire. Yeah, yeah. He's a hacker vampire that just. I mean, he looks like the Blob. I mean, it's just it's just such a strange choice, but. For whatever reason, it works in the movie. I mean, the movie does have some faults. I think the CGI is 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 horrible. Stephen Dorff and the CGI okay. are the two let's, biggest yes. things. Let's that talk suck. about Stephen Dorff. Yes. Stephen Dorff is not great. I, let, let me just write run through the high level, and then we can get into specifics. Stephen Dorff is not great. Um, the movie is way too long. It's, it's okay, two, hours. two hours. Yeah, the middle of this movie to me, pretty meandering. Because there's no real arc for Blade. Yeah. The whole arc is based on the fact that if you don't know that he's a vampire in the comics, that that's supposed to be a surprise. But if you do know that, he's literally the same guy throughout the entire film. Yeah, just, pretty much. He just wants to kill. Yeah. He just wants to kill vampires. Yeah. Um. So you look at those three things, and then there's like great seat choreography at times, fight choreography, and then there's like really weird fight choreography. Like <laughs> there's one scene where Blade and another guy are just doing roundhouse kicks oh, in the yes. air, back and forth, missing each other. Yes. Goes, I, what and and, and, and purpose? That. I mean, not even close. Yes. Like, they're both just doing. I'm yeah. like, what is going on here? They're just spinning. <laughs> so it, there's all sorts of weird shit in the movie. I didn't really fully get like what Stephen Dorff's plan was either. Because he wants to take over the world with vampires and turn everyone into vampires. And then how do they feed? What are they they going to eat? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, uh, there's a clue to that in the very beginning. When he enters the rave, you see these body bags with people in the meat, uh, the meat factory, in the meat locker. And then he he turns and looks. He's like, what's that? And there's these like people shaped outlines. So they were bagging people. Or after this, maybe they would have feasted on them. But yeah, if everybody's a vampire, what are you going to fucking feast, feast on? One of the weird, the, probably the weirdest thing other than the fat, uh, obese hacker vampire is the fact that they bring back Sanaya Lathan's character, who's the mom of yes, Blade. Yes, that was crazy. And she has some sort of weird sexual tension with her yes, son. Yes, I thought they were going to kiss. I was going, what the fuck is this? Why? How does this even make sense? Dude, then he has to kill his mom, and then he bites Karen, and even that has weird, like, a sexy sexy thing to it. It does, That has a weird sexy thing going to but it. But the thing with his mom, when they were up real close, I was but like... that's always you? vampires. There's always, yeah. got a, there's always a weird yeah. sex thing to it. That's just part Sh- of it. Should we get into Dwarf and how... Yeah, so here's my thing. I feel like I, it, they could have... I wish it was cast with anybody else, because... Stephen anybody Dorf, over 5'6". Yes, like, it could have been anybody else. <laughs> However, the writing... Over 5'6". Six and hundred. Anybody taller pounds? than Imran? Yes. Like, come on. Like, this could have been need... a bunch of people. I do think the character, the way he's written, is not completely one dimensional. He's kind of an interesting bad guy and mo- has his motivations. But it's hard to buy Stephen Dorff as this fucking guy sometimes in this movie. Very hard, especially when you've got Blade, who's yes. just rampaging through a bunch of vampires, and then his final boss is. The guy that's 130 pounds soaking wet. But now he's Lamagra with the fucking uh, thing inside him and stuff. I mean, they do, they have Stephen Dorff take off his shirt a couple times. I know. Like, like, was well, he, why would you do that? Was he supposed to be all jacked and stuff? <laughs> but I did love that he just gets slapped around by the council. Like, they don't fucking respect him. <laughs> You're smacking him. 
and then he turns on them. It's yeah. just something about like he tried to bring like his like uh, Kiefer Sutherland to That's the, to who the he role. Reminds me of he's like a discount Kiefer Sutherland. Yes, yeah, he tried to be Kiefer Sutherland, but he was he wasn't. Mm. A lot of people remember them. Uh, also, Chris Christopherson. A lot of people remember that being Jeff Bridges because he looks just like Jeff oh, Bridges yeah. in like a weird. Yeah, but it's not. It's Chris Christoph. So Dwarf, yes, not the greatest bad guy, but Deacon Frost as a character is one of Blade's big villains in the comics that he's gone up against. Doesn't look like that. He's like an old no, dude. Th- I looked them up. Yeah, they they went far away. And then the CGI is interesting because, yes, it is 1998. And when the, all the blood effects in the end look really dated Ooh. and the skeletons coming out of them was kind of is a neat Skele- idea. Skeleton one isn't horrible. Not that bad. The blood one's really bad. When they're exploding, it can be kind of strange. When they explode, it's kind of like something out of uh, that other Kurt Russell movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's that one? Big Trouble Little yes, China. Yes, it's like Big Trouble oh, Little China yeah. where their faces Except swell worse. up. Yes. I think the one in Big Trouble Little China is more believable. It was practical. That's <laughs> yeah. why. Yeah. I mean, the the worst one is the blood one. I mean, when yeah. he cuts them in half, I mean, that's straight Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, yeah, type. it is. It's so bad. Did you know there was an alternate ending to this? I have it linked here in the show notes, Anthony. No. The no. alternate, there's a whole alternate ending where Stephen Dorff, when he becomes Lamagra, he doesn't form into a person. It's just this CGI blood tornado whipping around know. the chamber it looks so bad and then you see steven dorf like floating superimposed inside this thing talking to blade that must be unfinished cg yeah it was unfinished but it's also it was not a good idea the way he gets the serum is different and he doesn't say the fucking ice skate uphill motherfucker line which is the best line of the whole movie so you can watch that on youtube i'll put a link in here it's kind of interesting that it hmm. did not make it uh, also, how about that little teenage martial art artist girl that fucking kicks his ass a little bit in the when he's uh, oh right? You know what that reminds me of? Yeah, there's that. That girl was badass. How about the fact that they throw a little Chinese girl through a freaking uh, hot dog stand? Oh, they do, he just tosses her across. He tosses the that little girl. She takes like hit. fifty feet through yes. a hot dog stand. Yes, she's fine. She, and she's, she's fine. Yeah, she wakes up fine. That you? Like, oh my god! You don't normally when, he, when yeah. they toss her. I'm like, there's they. Snipes' character is going to catch her. No, no chance. No, no, it's no. the 90s, dude. Kids get fucking ganked. The kid, don't you don't see that anymore. They just let through her through the No, you thing. don't see that anymore. <laughs> That's great. Oh, they kill kids all the time in the, in the <laughs> 80s and 90s. It's just no big deal. What, what was really kids. jarring to me, and, and I, shouldn't be, I shouldn't be because I've watched a bunch of 80s and 90s movies, but it's just weird in the superhero genre. The amount of blood and swearing, the amount of times Snipes yeah. is saying motherfucker. Yeah, it's great. I was going, oh my god! This was just a different time. This this is a '90s superhero film, a mature superhero. It film. is mature, mature in quotes, and it's before like they don't try to set anything up. They don't try to shoehorn other mythology or Easter eggs. It's just a straightforward story. Oh, oh yeah, they had no they they had no idea how this was going to do because from my deep dive, and maybe you guys can confirm, but the next two stories are just basically the same thing. Oh, in yeah, in the third the one. Yes, yeah, the third one is not good. Of course, no. The second one is that. He has got to team up with a team of vampires to kill new vampires that are <laughs> oh, where the jaws even, like, open. Mutant, is that the, yeah, one the mutant the, vampires yeah, where the jaws open is that creepy. kill other vampires? Oh, he's now uh-huh. got to protect the vampires. I see. So now, like these things are even more of a problem than the real vampires. So he teams up with a team of real vampires to fuck these guys up. And Ron Perlman is one of those dudes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he plays a vampire. If it, Guillermo del Toro always puts Ron Perlman in everything, so 
Oh, he yeah, was in that movie. Yeah, he yeah, loves so, Ron Perlman. Yes. And they use CG in that motherfucker, too, for, for a lot of shit too that they much. didn't. Yeah, they did a little too much CG. I believe this movie also gives us our first superhero landing on film, and he looks badass. Oh, definitely. Badass oh, yeah. doing it, right? We didn't see that before. Another thing about the alternate ending, and this one, it's kind of cool the way it ends. I think it's kind of satisfying. You know, he kills him. She's about to cure him, and he's like, keep it clear. Cure, there's work to be done. And then you cut to like Russia and he's there, right? The alternate ending after the whole blood tornado, same thing kind of happens, but they're still on the rooftop and he looks over and on another rooftop is this figure in a trench coat with his long hair blowing in the wind. That was supposed to be Morbius, the living vampire. Mm. They were going to tie it in. But again, smartly, they don't try to shoehorn another thing in like they would have done now in, in an actual Morbius movie. They cut all that out. So how do you think Mahershala Ali is going to do in in this movie? I mean, do you think is there anywhere near Marvel's not going to make a movie like this? They're well, not. Is there are there characters you can still use? Is there plot parts of the plot you could pull over? Yeah, there there's no I don't see them. It, I mean, anything's possible. But there there's it, there's no way they're going to make it like this. I think Mahershala Ali is obviously going to be much they can give that character a lot more depth and he can probably handle a lot more of the acting chops. He's not going to be as physical as Wesley Snipes, so they're going to have to get a good, really good stuntman. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. See, people remember this movie for the action. Yeah. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And the machismo, really like, dude, Snipes is fucking macho as fuck. Yeah. He's like, you don't want to oh, fuck yeah. with him. I mean, this, this he's this is what is this? Is this peak Wesley Snipes? This, at this is point? peak nineties and peak oh, Wesley. This is Snipes. when his dick was huge. Yeah, he <laughs> he plays this. He couldn't even walk. His dick was so big. Right. He at, does, during you know, this time. What's great is he plays this dark hero, but there's like this underlying sadness and emotionality to it also, though, during the whole That's thing, true. which yeah. really works. Like he's a tragic, fucking tragic figure that you kind of feel for. He did this in U.S. Marshals the same year. Oh, the sequel to The Fugitive was U.S. Yeah. Marshals with Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Passenger 57, I think before this was the one was the big one I remember. Well, yeah. Well, everyone remembers him. What from White Man Can't Jump? White Man Can't well, actually, Jump. There's, he's been, now, actually, he's been a lot of good movies. He was in Major League. He's got good yeah. comedy chops too, as well as like the serious fucking action shit. I, I hope he's he, pretty he good. gets a cameo in the new one. Like, you, you, I feel I, like yeah, I really hope they honor him and him. do something. I really hope. Like, I'm not a big. Obviously, I didn't see Blade, so I can't vouch for this as being a big Blade fan. But I think there's a way where I could see them finagling and making that Blade that that universe within the continuity there's potential where if they got wesley snipes like he would be the old guy old blade and maybe they could do some or some or maybe not even the old blade but some sort of like vampire and now mahershali is the younger blade even though right. mahershali is not that much younger than wesley snipes <laughs> i know <laughs> he's like 12 you, years younger do you uh do you find it odd that so many people don't talk about but talk about blade the first big superhero movie with a black character that had three movies yeah. that made double its budget back into theaters uh, was a thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Had a TV show spawned off of it yep. with Sticky Fingers playing Blade yep. Yep. from Onyx, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, was a, it was a thing. And we just completely, by the time... The 2000s rolled around it like it never existed. 
Like there was never a thing. It saved the genre. It's thanks to Blade that they could well, go on and make these movies. I, I think it's because no one knew that Blade was in the MCU. So right. Even it, even that when people were seeing it, I remember watching this the other day, and they they bear like it's blink and you'll miss it that they even mention it. It's Marvel. Like there's not the opening Marvel thing. It's written in the credits in the first part in red. It just says in association with Marvel. Yeah. But that's amongst a bunch of other credits that they have at yeah. the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So I even as a kid, when this came out, I was a Marvel fan. No clue that Blade was part of Marvel. I think they kind of helped this uh, this movie in, in, a, in a way to get people into and the, it. And then, and then to finish that too, I think Blade Trinity being one of the worst yeah. superhero films of yeah. all time just shut the door on it. Everyone talking about this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I just I didn't know. I didn't know Blade was Marvel. A lot of people regard the second one to be almost as good as the first one. Well, I'm, mm. I'm going to have to rewatch the second one now. I don't mm. have to rewatch all three, but I mean, uh, at some point. But um, yeah, I just feel like it doesn't get its due. I feel like it was ahead of its time in a lot of ways. And even though it doesn't hold up to our standards of CG now, because, you know, it doesn't. <laughs> but it does a lot of ballsy shit. It's a rated R movie about a superhero, a black superhero, and it doesn't it it, it doesn't even treat it as like a it treats it as like okay it's it, Blade is is Blade all right mm-hmm. like it's this character it's just so definitive like it's mm-hmm. like this is fucking Blade he's got tattoos on the back of his head he's badass he has a katana he's got fucking guns that he makes that fucking fire shit like fucking RoboCop he's fucking badass he's got a fucking Blade mobile. He's got a blade yeah, bike. Great weapons. Great. Yeah. Great vehicles. Yeah. He's got fucking like shit that he throws. It comes back and he catches it. Oh, that fucking he's got it that, all. No. Yeah. That fucking thing is great. Off. Yeah. Like a, he's got his whole. He's got gadgets galore. It's like, come on. Like they really tried to make like a legit like thing happen. Like a thing that you could like do shit with like a world, a whole entire yeah. thing. So and it doesn't get its due. I feel like people just kind of forget about it. Like it never happened. And I, that's what I never got. I was like, and you know, of course, Wesley Snipes going to jail for a long time and uh, yeah. not being around to kind of promote that or even continue it is kind of yeah. weird. But, um, and then him, yeah. yeah, him being hard to work with by the third one. Yeah. Uh, a little behind the scenes details. I thought were interesting. Originally, New World Pictures buys the rights from Marvel Comics, and they wanted to make a Western set in Mexico with Richard Roundtree as Blade, right? Whoa. Yeah, that's weird. Then Marvel Studios started developing the movie themselves, and uh, LL Cool J was interested in playing Blade. That is right. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> LL is Blade. Then New Line gets to it. David S. Goyer is writing, and New Line uh, had suggested Denzel Washington, Snipes, and Lawrence Fishburne. But Goyer wanted Wesley Snipes, and Snipes have been trying to make a Black Panther movie. Yeah, he was supposed to be Black Panther for many yeah, years. That. that didn't happen, but he not you know now he gets this, which is just Can you fucking, imagine him as Black Panther. I, that would have been fucking badass. I don't know. I think that would have been. It, it would have been different. It would have been a. It would have been a militant movie. I would yes, tell you super, that. Yes. Blade would have been like Malcolm X's version. I mean, uh, Black Panther would have been Malcolm X's. would have been like a Malcolm X superhero. I'm, dude, yeah. I would be there for that. I would fucking pay to see that movie. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he Snipes was doing more serious stuff in the beginning. So he, he was had doing that like, in him. He was in like uh, Spike Lee movies and shit. Yes, and, and uh, Jungle Fever. He was in Jungle Fever. Jungle Fever, yeah. 
uh, New York, New oh, Jack City. Oh, New Jack City. He's great in New Jack City. I forgot about that. It's funny. Like He was in a lot of really good films, and then he went down the route of, well, now I want to be an action star. Yeah. He just kept doing the action movies. I like the Tom Cruise. Demolition Man. Yeah. Oh, man. He was Demolition the, he was Man. The bit. He was the bad guy in that. He was great gotta, in that. I got to rewatch that. The soundtrack to this movie also breaks the top 50 Billboard 100 charts. It was huge at the time where you had... Uh, oh, that movie... I mean, the, the 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 soundtrack just grounds it so... It it just makes it not so 90s. You got Mob and it makes it, But it in like a good way with the... You got that, but the techno music New and all Order that. did a song. You got EPMD. Uh, lots of... It's, the soundtrack's not bad. I remember... I like a lot of the techno one. songs were... Yeah. Um, so Juno Reactor did a lot of the songs for uh, I think the Blade soundtrack. Oh, Junkie XL that, did one. Yeah. Ooh. So yeah, there, there was a. <laughs> I remember that fucking whole thing when I was like, oh, I gotta get that fucking song from that movie because it's fucking badass. <laughs> like when he kicks everybody's ass, I want to have that song. Like back in the day, like in the nineties, you when you kick someone's ass, you play techno. Yeah, you play. Like, badass that's what you play. Yeah, it gets you pumped you, up. <laughs> I mean, it, this is. Coming after Mortal Kombat, which had just one of the greatest techno theme songs ever during fight scenes. Yeah, it was, it was a carryover from that, I think. Yeah, something oh, like 100%. That. I got to point out two other things that crossed my mind. These are two random-ass things, but they're in the same scene. Another one of my favorite lines is when he's in the hospital and they start shooting at him, the police. Oh, yeah, in the, the pe- hospital. Result, the police just are indiscriminately firing <laughs> yes. at a hospital, and he just yells, Motherfucker! <laughs> and then... He looks. They're chasing him, and he has the girl who's been bit on the in the neck, and he sees a building across the fucking street. Crosses her, and she lands on the thing. She lands on like some cardboard boxes. She's fine. Listen, they're throwing throwing kids and throwing people. This crazy jump. Oh shit! Yeah, you just you buy it, and then yeah, it's just like kind of. Doesn't that jump look like the same jump from the Matrix? Yes, yes. It's so Matrixy before Matrix is amazing. I think Stephen Orrington should come back for to do the new one. Why? Why did you stop? You made what? Like League was bad. You got fucking shit on. Whatever. I don't think it was that bad. It was just ill conceived. Like I don't years think it was, ago, wipe it off. I don't think that off. was it. Like there's way worse movies than League of Extraordinary mm. Gentlemen. Oh that, wow, that, he's been done for a long time. Yeah, we may have to do what the fuck on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But his his direction is very good. The strobe lights, the shots, the style. Very stylized. I fucking loved it. I loved all the style. Yeah, it was it's good. I mean, Alex Proyas who did the crow fucking disappeared too. That's true. So he's, he's just all traumatized. <laughs> no, he did a movie. He did Dark City after that, which is a fucking great oh. movie. Oh yeah, Dark City is good. Yeah. Uh, it's not an action film, but it's a great fucking movie. I don't know what I think he did uh, I think the last thing that he did was that The Gods of Egypt. With white people. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, not that good. That, that's, that's not good. That's not good. All right, that look, well, let's, uh, let's rate the movie. Anthony, what would you give this movie? So, I originally was going to give this a six because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, eh, mm-hmm. it's all right. Mm-hmm. It's all right. I wanted to like it more. But with you guys talking about it, made me like it a little more. So I'm going seven. Nice. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys can, after pointing out all the fun things and good things, I was like, a little too hard on that movie. It's I'm gonna give it a seven. Right. It's a good '90s. It's a very unique '90s action movie, and it's very weird to think about this as a superhero movie. Yeah. Well, you gotta think about it in context. It's like it's if like imagine this was, was the you saw it when it came out. Yes. And and this changed your idea of 
what movies could be before the Matrix. It blew my right? little mind. It's like the Matrix, like kind of changed everyone's mind. It blew everyone's mind when they saw it. But if you saw this before it, you're almost like prepped for the Matrix. You're almost right. like, hey, like I saw a movie that was kind of like this, and this was this one just went like over the edge mm-hmm. because it was an adult movie. The Matrix had cursing and shit like that, and it was kind of like gory and mind bending and shit like that. But this was like the step right before the Matrix, and I, and I feel like um, if you see it in context, you, you could be like, oh, yeah, it was kind of an important movie. And it did oh, start wow. a whole thing. It started three other movies, and just it would have continued if, if um, Rex, you what know, would you give it? I would give it a seven, like no problem. Like sometimes I think 7.5, but I'm tapering it back just to, you know, kind of be as fair as possible. Like I'll give it a seven. Yeah, I was thinking, man, I really love this movie. It's going to be interesting to see what the brackets in the 90s tournament. I'm thinking seven and a half, maybe even eight on a good day. I'm very close to that seven and a half. I'm going to well, say, yeah, I was ask gonna- you guys, you guys both, you don't know what the bracket is. You don't know who it's facing. I know who it's facing. I'm not going to tell you guys, but out of 32 movies, how far do you think it can go in the tournament? Yeah, top 10. I feel like it makes Whoa. it far. I think this movie will make it far. Looking at this action and, you know, it has all it the it's against, but yeah. Like, there's a few things it can't beat. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. The Matrix, I don't think it'll beat The Matrix. I don't think it'll beat, um, I don't know, but it's another great one. I can't remember. No, it's not going to beat It's not going to beat that. I think it's going to go far. It's got the one-liners. It's got amazing fight, hand-to-hand choreography, fight choreography. It's got cool poses it's got wesley snipes i don't know it, it i i it's kind of it's kind of an iconic movie for is, me anyway yes and what in context of what like, it does i'll tell you how i know i like this movie because when the dvd came out i bought it immediately oh. and watched it like every fucking halloween yeah. i would watch that wow. that and the crow so yeah it was, i, I love it <laughs> Some i love me i love the i loved it when i when it first came out this was my shit yeah it is a very unique movie it almost reminds me of. Uh, I feel like whoever made Constantine looked at this movie and was like, we "Yes, some of that there's shit that this. scene." And Matt mentioned it. The scene where Constantine shows up and starts blasting all the demons is exactly like the opening of this fucking movie. He's got a trench coat. Also, I mean, the man made trench coats cool before Keanu did. Uh, so, it, yeah, this. If it wasn't for this movie, like I think the genre dies and studios don't take a chance or another look at after Batman. Batman it's, rules. It's, it's very weird to think that the first Marvel movie that they put out in a long time, besides Howard the Duck, was Blade. It was Blade, right? They it just, wasn't yeah. X-Men. It yeah. was X-Men and Spider-Man came after, but yep. it was Blade, the first one. It was Blade. I think they were just thinking, what can we make cheap? Yeah. Probably. What can we make cheap and what can we play with that no one knows that it's even... Like, I think people were afraid of making like Marvel. They didn't yes. want that brand. Well, so they didn't want to say, okay, this is a superhero movie because that has its own stigma to it. Right. And then you're like, well, people like horror movies and right. like vampires, they're they're always good for a buck. So like, it was just a no-brainer for them. And then let's have Wesley Snipes kill him. Yes. Well, do karate. <laughs> and do yeah. karate, which was like yeah. coming in. That was when karate was starting to get popular again. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. kung fu movies were big in the 70s and then they kind of like disappeared for a while and they resurfaced in the 90s like hardcore what's, what's interesting is that that same year you, you mentioned karate coming back coming in rush hour was released the same year oh, oh interesting which was obviously yeah. a huge you know huge martial arts you mix martial arts with the occult and with some fucking bloody violence i mean think about it batman and robin comes out in 1997 
And 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 I'm sure everyone is like, "Woof, we can't, we can't, nobody. Why would you do superhero movie after that?" And pretend for them to take this swing was crazy. Think think about just putting this movie in context now. Like, you're never going to get a big action star doing a martial arts vampire movie released in theaters, right? That just that's not happening right now. I mean, Mahershala Ali, but that's its own little thing, right? You're not. Yeah. This Blade at that time was almost like an original idea. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, can you imagine who's a, who's a big action star right now or a big actor? Can you imagine? They're all in the Marvel. Movies. Yes. Yeah, they're all they're in the Marvel. They've already, they've already yeah. done it. Uh, yeah. So fuck it. Never mind. No, I know what you're saying though. <laughs> it's like, like Vin Diesel, yeah. maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Can you imagine Vin Diesel doing uh, a martial arts where he kills uh, zombies and shit? Like, well, he did Bloodshot, which is I don't know if it's the same thing, but it's no. Yeah. Uh, oh, that did not do well there. Shitty movie. It's not good. <laughs> It's not good. This one still holds a place in my heart, uh, and I'm glad you get to I finally see, see it, it, Anthony. Yeah, I was going to see it anyways because yeah. of the tournament, but it's, it makes sense right now. It does. Let's hope that they can get their shit together and find a director and write a good script, and not keep Marshall waiting fucking three years. Like get Chad Stileski involved. Yes, get him in there because he's going to walk, and you don't want that. And there's so much to mind. Bring maybe bring Deacon Frost back with a better cast. <laughs> I, dude, I like. I, I thought he was an interesting villain. Just Stephen Dorff is a bad choice. Let's yeah. do some news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. The nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Ah, this news from the nation is just going to kind of swing into what are we watching? Because I have a image from Jose Ibarra posted on our Facebook group. It is the Rotten Tomato score to the new Star Wars Tales of the Jedi anthology animated show that Disney Plus has put out. 100% tomato meter, 96% audience score. Jose Ibarra says critics and fans agreeing on something Star Wars. In my opinion, it's pretty awesome. Filoni doesn't miss when it comes to animated Star Wars. Highly recommended for fans of Clone Wars and Rebels. Joe Henry commented, binge the whole season yesterday. It's pretty good. Must watch for Star Wars fans. And Ray O'Neill says, finally got to watch it. Hooray for quality Saturday morning cartoons. I fucking loved it. I fucking loved it. I have also watched all of them. They're like six 15-minute-ish episodes. Uh, and they're really good. Rugs, have you watched this yet? I've only watched the Ahsoka ones. Wait, and not the other ones, oh. not the Dooku ones. You got to watch them in order. You're not watching them in order. No. What do you need to watch them in order? Because for? it actually goes through uh, forward in time. These episodes, yeah, but they have nothing to do with each other, and they fill in parts between some of the movies. They don't, and they do. They kind of do, but no, they have nothing to do with okay. each other. You can watch only the Ahsoka ones because I remember I put one of the Dooku ones up. It says nothing. I'm like, this has nothing to do with Ahsoka. So you learn- other than the fact that. Like at some point, Skywalker gets involved, and then then and then that bridges the two. There's great so There's a fucking badass Ahsoka lightsaber battle in this. Did you see that one? Well, there's one where she's has to like reflect all that shit off from all the clones, right? Like it. The, oh that, yeah. Um, no, she goes up against uh, she somebody. Is, she, does she? Yeah, and it was pretty cool. Mm. You'll learn a lot about Dooku, about Qui Gon. Yaddle, there's an amazing Yaddle episode. And I gotta watch that one. Yes, yeah. where she speaks and she doesn't speak in riddles like Yoda did. 
Uh, and then you see um, uh, Anakin's in there, and uh, it's pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It's a quick watch. I almost wish some of them were longer because they were they're pretty good stories. Yeah, I thought they did a great job, and everything looked great, and it was cool. I like to see. I saw a little bit of the Qui Gon Jin Dooku episode and uh, watched that, but um, I skipped like a two or three of them. So. I need to catch up on that. It's Maybe good. Uh, I would recommend. Let's move on to the other Star Wars thing. Anthony, you still watching Andor? Are you guys caught up? I'm no. not caught up. Oh, Sorry. son of a bitch. I am two episodes now behind. The, uh, it's, dude, this, this story arc is very interesting. It is quietly like one of the best Star Wars things I've probably seen in a while. And I Is it good? I think it's one of the better Star Wars things right. they've put out. Uh, apparently, though, the viewers are not reflecting that as it has lower rate- viewer ratings than like Mandalorian, Obi Wan. So well, it's not it's not a, it's not a big. They're not. It's not a. It's not connected in any way to like the more popular Star Wars stuff. Like Mando it, yeah. had Baby Yoda. And yeah. It was you know Mandalorians, Boba Fett type shit. But like this continues to be like a great adult Star Wars story. Like I've I really seen, I've seen people like like do do not like this at all. Really, just doesn't feel. It's like one of these people that like defends all like the stupid Star Wars shit that they do. That everybody that like, but because this is kind of in a different direction, but good. Like, oh, we can't do that because it's that you know it just doesn't feel like Star Wars. So uh, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this is what you want. You so you want goofy shit? Like you want goofy shit that like doesn't nobody really likes except for you? Like. Everybody who watches these Star Wars movies is like, hey, this is a little goofy. You know, like you like little Princess Leia running around and fucking outrunning people. <laughs> That's like the thing is, I don't not want them to make more things like this because Star Wars can be this and that. In this, you actually see the oppression, the fascism of the Empire. I mean, if you've always wondered why, what do they actually do to people? That's what, what I said when we first started watching yeah. the show. I'm like, it'd be a great mm-hmm. opportunity to show and they show it. Why the sh- Empire is so bad? Not only that, they yeah, show they like the that. bureaucracy and like the mundane side, but then they show the rebellion and within the rebellion, the different factions of what you would have in rebellion, the different uh, uh, arguments and uh, philosophies clashing. Uh, it's so great. It's so rich. I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah, I got to catch yeah, up. I got to catch up to right, I make got, you want to watch. And I think a lot of people are just going to wait till it ends to binge it, but we still got, they got 12 episodes. So we look, it's, uh, it's a crazy week, so I'll get to it. I was watching a lot of shit. Anthony, you watch anything? No <laughs> rugs. You watch anything? Well, I did. I oh. did show, I did share with you guys a YouTube video by film speak. Oh, I, I didn't get was to watch that. Tell me about that. Yeah. It's just basically his analysis on why, um, phase four, Marvel has has been having some trouble and a lot of it's he's pointing to how there's just you look at all these films uh, um, films and series and there's no cohesion which we've talked about we don't really know what it's building to and then he said also a lot of these just have a, a bad third act problem the video is called the post endgame problem yeah and he was pointing to how the series is are mostly two hour movies but they're stretched to four hour series yeah yeah four to six hour series and they're just because it's a third you know it's because it's a a series and every every episode has to end with a little punch it doesn't have that like great punch at the end because they just haven't figured that out and they're not uh, a lot of the series also have um they're doing villain reveals at the end they're using right, that trope right, which right they're doing that because they want these villains to be 
put into other stuff, but it kind of hurts the series. Yeah, so it's a good, it's a quality video. It's only about it's about twenty minutes. I okay. like the guy film speaks, so there you go. But go, guys, go ahead. Right. I'll check it out. Yeah, no, that sounds good because uh, I mean, you keep saying it's this is their experimental phase, and at least they are they're taking some risks and they're trying some things. You can see that, but I think it'll end well with Black Panther. Uh, yeah. And then we'll get some more good stuff. Rugs, what did you watch this week? Anything? I watched some 90s movies to get caught up. I remember Anthony was talking about Point Break, and I was like, I got to watch that movie. So I watched it. Nice. I watched that last week. Yes. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. Keanu is <laughs> a strange actor in this, but like <laughs> he looks really great. And uh, I was like, I wish I could look like Keanu. And um, I thought it was a, a good, fun movie, and it was well-directed. And I think that it has a, a lot of... It's 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 of a higher quality than most '90s films. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So I definitely uh, think it it did a great job, and it, I, I'm happy to have re-seen it and oh, and have a new respect for it. Like now, because when you watch it, you're like, oh, this is really stylish, and this is really well done, and yeah. there is like some new things, like that whole thing with the presidents and them the wearing presidents. the masks, and mm. and that the whole way that they do the chases and all that stuff is great, and uh, is great. even. Even just the acting in general was like, I mean, Keanu was the weakest part of it, but still like everybody else was killing it. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a good movie and I, I was happy to see it. Uh, what else did you watch, Rex? I watched Cliffhanger with uh, oh, my oh man God, Stallone. That. Stallone on a mountain. Does that hold up? Die Hard on a Mountain. Die Hard with Stallone on a Mountain. Yes. Yeah. How it's is that? I got to rewatch it. It, it kind of drags in spots and, uh, you know, um, it's actually a more, in a lot of ways, it's like a more, uh, less of an action, like 90s action movie, but more of a, like a regular movie, hmm. I guess you'd say. But there are parts where Rennie Harlan kind of lets it rip and it gets into the action genre. There's a, there's a few like moments where like there's like people sliding down hills and shooting at each other and stuff like that. That's kind of uh, ridiculous, but... For the most part, he kind of keeps it somewhat realistic. Um, and uh, Stallone is like this dude who fucked up during a rescue. And he's trying to play off that he's got this pain. And he, I feel like Stallone's doing a good job. Like, I feel like he's actually acting and in, in not just being like Stallone. He's trying to be this character in, in some way. Um, so I like that. Michael Rooker's in it. Um, John Lithgow and Janine Turner. I used to have kind of a crush on her. She was in, on uh, Northern Exposure. Yeah, she's the time, fine. And in then it. she gets a movie here. So like, yeah, there, there's it's not 100 percent great. But I think that Rennie Harlan is actually not not a bad director in most of this. I would say about 80 percent of this is pretty well directed. There's like 20 percent that sticks out as like. Eh. But um, yeah, I've, I I thought it was fun. It, I don't know if it's good as Die Hard, but I mean, it's definitely trying to be kind of Die Hardish. But Rennie Harlan, you would consider like an action movie director, right? Like that was kind oh, of yeah. he did that's his the thing. Long Kiss Goodnight. He yeah. did this, yeah. and he did like some pirate movie that no one ever watched. Die Hard Two, oh, Deep Blue Sea. Oh, he did Die Hard Two. Oh shit, that's right. Mm. One of yeah. my favorite scenes in Deep Blue Sea is when uh, Samuel Jex goes on the monologue in a shark <laughs> in the middle of it. It's fantastic. <laughs> I did. I, my boy Bill Simmons, who I've listened to, says Lithgow does. One of the better Hans Gruber impersonations you'll see. Oh, in Cliffhanger. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's definitely trying to do that. Uh, there was some weird shit. Like there was one scene where there 
don't understand why they're doing this. They're on a plane and they're hijacking another plane to get money and they're just zip lining each other and money from plane to plane. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Are they really trying to do this? Is this really happening? Are they shooting this? I can't. I gotta Is this, this even practical? I'm like, just jump out of the plane with back with yeah. fucking parachutes. Like, why are you doing this? And have someone pick you up on a chopper. Like, this doesn't make any sense. This is but whatever. unnecessary. Yeah, it was I gotta, unnecessary. I, I know. Me too. I'm it's been looking, a long time yeah. since I've seen Cliffhanger. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. So, but I, I thought it was okay. It, uh, it holds up in, in certain ways. All but right, both of those. I don't know how, don't know how far that one's going to make it in the tournament. Yeah, I both. Yeah. I think Point Break goes far. I think Cliffhanger, I don't know. Maybe it goes a couple of rounds. No, Maybe I not. think it's good. Okay. It just, I don't know. I don't know if I like it as an action movie. Like, you know, it's more of like a movie with, like, Point Break is a movie with action in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And this is also a movie with action in it. It's not an eighties, yeah. nineties action movie. It doesn't revolve around the action, but they're both. No. They both have. Yeah. I mean, there is an urgency where he's got to like do something. He's got to like, you know, just like uh, Die Hard, he's got to like save everybody. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. he's got to do something too. He's got to save his friends and uh, and stop these guys. So there's an urgency to it. But, um, I guess it's an action movie, but it's just it's not as it's just not as adrenaline filled and crazy. You got I mean, crazy, maybe I'm you wrong. You got crazy but. stunts. You got big explosions going on. Yeah, there's got, all that stuff. All yeah. Does it does it make your top ten Stallone movies of all time? Probably not, right? I don't know. I think it's in the mix. Definitely, okay. it's one. Uh, it's not a bad movie. I just feel like I don't know. I feel like I felt like a little bit of like a let down when I rewatched it instead of a like like I was impressed with a lot of it, mm. but. They're just something that didn't quite work, and I can't put my finger on it. And um, so you're saying you like Samaritan better? <laughs> oh, with you, yes. give me that bet. <laughs> no, I feel like this is. Look, first of all, okay, I'll, I'll give you the the boilerplate thing is Stallone is acting. Okay, all he's right? getting after it. He's trying. Right, he's getting he's after trying. it. He's acting. He's doing physical stuff. There's a lot of stuntman work in there, but he's doing a lot too. He's like fucking gra- jumping and grabbing shit and climbing the mountain and is, everything. Is he pretty muscular in this? He's actually slimmed down a little bit, oh, um, but he still looks ripped. He doesn't have a shirt off very long uh, oh. for in, in the movie at all. Um, there's like one scene where you think he's going to take it off and he doesn't. <laughs> they teased like, you. Oh, what a yeah. Um I think that he doesn't. I think maybe the reason is he doesn't have like a. Uh, this is going to sound stupid. He doesn't have a mano a mano at the end of this movie. Ah, oh, because you can't fight John like, Lithgow. He's always he he's does. Old. He does. But first of all, it's John Lithgow. Yeah, nice. and I think I think they're dangling off of something. So it's not like a real fight. <laughs> okay. Or like you know, like like you, you see the Stallone like you know boxing skills or whatever. It's kind of like they're dangling and he like kicks them or something. I don't remember something like that. So it's well, kind of like it needed like a little bit better of um. So it is better thing. than Samaritan. Well, what, what yeah, asking, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what one of the interesting things, if we're looking at just when this movie came out, is it came out in '93, the same the same year he also releases releases Demolition Man. Oh, right? yeah, that's more that's the more same fun. Year, yeah, right. But Cliffhanger that year makes two hundred fifty five million. Demolition Man makes one fifty nine. So Cliff, Cliffhanger was the more popular movie. Well, it was one yeah, of more conventional. Though? Was Demolition Man R-rated and Cliffhanger? They're both R-rated. Oh, they're both R-rated. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. I think that Cliffhanger is a better movie. Like, the mm-hmm. script is better and what happens is better. There's just some stuff that's weird. Um, 
but at the end of the day, Demolition Man is more fun in some ways. Yeah. So I can't wait to Demolition watch that Man's one. Demolition the movie of those two I've rewatched so many times. Oh, yeah. 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 I'll watch that again. Yeah. And then he does the specialist. Says, Judge I mean, you Dredd. got Stallone versus Snipes in that movie. Yes. Yeah. Stallone versus Lithgow. It's just, eh, it's yeah, not fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, the last movie that I watched uh, was Last Night in Soho, and that was because Halloween. Oh, I yeah. wanted to see something Halloweeny. That's uh, Edgar Wright, right? Edgar Wright. What is yes, this about? Who did Scott Pilgrim yes. and Ant Man? Who was going to do Ant Man? And Matt Smith did, uh, is in this. Matt Smith is in it, and Anya Taylor Joy is Whoa, in it. I like her. What is what's uh, this about? Uh, I don't want to give it away a hundred percent, but one of those movies. Okay, so basically, I know you're never going to watch it, so I'll, I'll tell you well, it's I'm going to watch it. Don't spoil it. Tell me. The- All right. So um, we we open on this girl who she sees dead people, she says, or whatever. <laughs> okay. Or we have an idea that she has visions because um, she sees her mother in the mirror all the time. Like, and she thinks that she's really there. Anyhow, she's going to London to go to school. And she can't stand her roommates. So she leaves the dorm and gets an apartment. And she gets an apartment in this really like old neighborhood. And it's the apartment's haunted. And um, then you're off and running. See, I wouldn't even guess this was like a, a, a haunted house movie. That's interesting. So Soho, London, not Soho, New York. That's where the title. That's right. About. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I heard that you kind of. I did, You don't want to know too much going into this movie. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna check it out. I love Edgar Wright, and uh, I'm dying to see what he's up to. This is his newest, latest movie. So, uh, was it a good movie? I, I was an okay movie. Yeah. It was. It was an okay movie with a great soundtrack and a fucking amazing direction. Okay. Like it was so stylishly directed. It is just worth watching just for that. Just for the direction, and maybe if you like Anya Taylor Joy, you could watch that. I mean, Thomas and Mackenzie isn't bad to look at either. And you got Matt Smith; you got great acting going on. Um, so, just for the fact that you're watching, you know, a great director like Edgar Wright kind of stretch his legs a little bit and be really stylish, uh, it's worth checking out. All right. Hmm. So, yeah. Good. That's all I'll say. Good about picks. My- I'm going to check that out. All right. Well, that's we're done. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? You can find me on Twitter at really rug boy. Come by, say hi, follow me. Twitter is free now. Yes. Elon right? Musk has freed Twitter. <laughs> There's no more assholes. I'm going to start cursing. You can do whatever you start, want. I'm going to go back to my old me and just start being an asshole. Elon says so. Has it is it going to change? Has there been a change? I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not going to really do that. I I'm can't believe you fucking actually bought it. I've already I've already beaten the internet. I've already made all the people block me. You can so. follow us also on Elon Musk social media network. Uh, visit the show notes for this episode for links to everything. Share the show, listener. Spread the geekery. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. We'll peep you next time. <laughs> It's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really good. I fucking loved it. The fuck? Jogging nerd!